I have entitled uh, Life Weight in the Balance. And we looked at last week's lesson, we talked about the tongue. And we noted the necessity to control the tongue, that we must say pleasing things and uh, righteous words towards other people. And so often uh, we speak malicious, slanderous words that, that just simply ought not be. Uh, we talked about even lying that, uh, that when we say we do something that we need to follow through. And uh, the, the various characteristics of integrity uh, with our tongue. Overriding point we saw last week was that if there is a problem with the tongue, if we notice that we are saying things that we ought not say about other people and uh, we speak hurtful, malicious words, that there's a problem with the heart. And so that's where I would like to look at this morning because there are a lot of Proverbs that Solomon directs toward his son about how to have a pure and righteous heart. And if we can work on our hearts and if we can try to set our hearts in a, in a proper uh, disposition and have a, a proper heart that God desires, it will be far easier in life for us to have obedience toward God. When the heart is not correct, it is a great challenge then to make the actions fit what God wants us to do. And so that's why Solomon spends a lot of time talking about the importance of having a pure heart. First proverb I want to look at talks about the need to realize that God knows our actions. And uh, if remember, maybe if you uh, grew up in having Bible classes, you always had that scary song, the, the all-seeing eye of God, you know, and I don't know if we creep out our four-year-olds with that, you know. Uh, but there are proverbs that describe that. In verse, uh, excuse me, Proverbs 15 and verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. And here Solomon is just reminding his son is that God sees every action that you and I take. And I know we probably are mentally cognizant of it, but we don't really act upon that. Uh, How many sins we would stop if at that moment of temptation we thought, God is watching me do this very thing. Because many times the reason why we act towards sin and fall into temptation is because we believe nobody sees what we're doing. Nobody sees, nobody knows, nobody's going to be aware of what we're doing at this moment. And so we go ahead and commit the sin. And here Solomon reminds us, there may be nobody watching. Uh, there, there may seem to us uh, that nobody is going to ever find out what we're doing. But the eyes of the Lord are everywhere keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Let us also, before we go on to the next proverb, realize that that's a positive sentence as well. Notice that the proverb is not, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked. Always seeing every bad thing you do, uh, you know, slap on the hand when you mess up. All the good things you do that nobody sees, God's watching. The same is true the other way. All of the things that we often get frustrated with and say, nobody sees the good things that I'm trying to accomplish. I'm trying to obey God, those righteous acts I'm trying to do, loving my neighbor as myself, uh, doing those kind will acts for other people. And nobody knows about it. God sees. God knows. And sometimes we need that motivation because sometimes we are not necessarily willing to do what's right because we don't think we're getting the credit with God. You know, God's not going to know if I... You know, 
do this for somebody, if I don't do this for my neighbor or do this for my friend, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere and realize that works in a very positive way for those who are trying to obey God, that God sees every good act that we do. And sometimes we, we might become frustrated in our walk with God because we feel like, man, I'm working hard, I'm trying to do these things that are right, and, and, and all, all that surrounds me is wickedness, and, and nobody sees that I'm, I'm trying to do what's right. God sees. God sees the struggle. And by the same end, God sees our failures. And so we need to be aware that God sees our actions. For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all of his paths. Proverbs 5.21 I think the highlight of this is the words full view. That there is nothing obscured from the sight of God. That we would say, well, God has a partial view of our ways. That he only sees a little bit. That from time to time, you know, if, if we probably have, you know, he sees at certain times, but not other times maybe. Like right now, he's not watching because I'm committing this sinful thing. But when I do good things, then God is watching. Maybe we kind of might have that mental justification. Notice here we have, God says everything is in full view. Uh, there, there's nothing blocking his view of seeing what's exactly going on in our lives and seeing the decisions that you and I are making and the actions that we take based on those decisions. God sees all of that. God see, has all that in full view. And so a, a very important and useful reminder, Solomon telling his son, realize that, that God sees it all. And there's no doubt it will be a, a difficult day on, the, on judgment day to hear God tell us, yes, I saw that, and the good things, when he says, yes, I saw those good things, and then I can imagine we will probably say, you saw that? <laughs> you, you saw me do that? You saw me act that way? You saw me uh, you know, make that decision? God sees. And so uh, an important reminder in working toward a pure heart is recognizing that the actions that we take, God sees. The second is just as important as that God knows the heart. Just as well as he knows our actions, he knows what's inside of us. And I think that's really important because uh, we may have a tendency to think that, well, if I get all the external actions looking right, I might be able to pull the wool over God's eyes that he doesn't know that I've really got a crummy heart inside. <laughs> I can make myself look like a really good Christian. And stand up here and, and look real good and everybody think, boy, he's a real good Christian. But God sees beyond even the actions and he knows the heart. If Sheol and Abaddon lie open in front of the Lord, how much more the human heart? Proverbs fifteen eleven. Here the Hebrew for the grave and the pit and death. If God can see down even into the grave and into the pit and into destruction... How much more can he see into our hearts? Uh, clearly, he can see it all. And so, not only does God see all of our actions, but he sees deep within our hearts. And that also is a positive thing as well. That doesn't have to be a bad thing. If we have hearts that are right before God, and we are always striving to be pleasing the sight of God, then that's a good thing that when we do fall into temptation, that God sees our hearts and recognizes, I'm not trying to rebel against God. I'm trying with all my heart to serve God, but through the weakness of the flesh I have slipped up and I need to come back. But it can be a bad thing that God looks into the hearts and can see some real crummy, dark 
awful, ugly things within us. And so God is able to know what's in our heart, and we're told that he even examines into our hearts. He knows all of our actions. He knows what is inside our hearts. He knows those motives, and he even examines them and tests them. Proverbs 17.3, The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. And in fact, uh, that word for test literally means investigates or examines. And the Lord investigates the heart. So he not only knows what's in there, but there's even a checking process. And that's why Solomon uses this picture of purification of these, of these precious metals. Just as a crucible for silver and a furnace for gold, the fire is applied to these metals to test them for purity. To see if they really are true as they claim to be. So the fires of life and the difficulties of life put the fire into our hearts to see if they are really pure and true and righteous before God. Our faith can appear very strong when things are going well. And a really good example of that, I think, is Peter. If you remember Peter and the disciples out on the boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And amazingly, as you can imagine them rowing along, there goes Jesus walking on the water. And I always just try to visualize that scene. I think all 12 of them, their jaw hit the floor. Don't we know him? There he goes walking in the sea. But, But Peter, great faith right there. If that's really you... Call me to come out of the boat and have me walk to you. Jesus says, come. And, and we'd read it and go, man, look at that. Strong faith. He's solid. Unbelievable. Who here would raise their hand and say, Lord, just call me and start walking on water and I'll do it with you too. You must be crazy. We don't think you're Peter. You're not slapping around a minute. You, you don't do that. And Peter starts walking on water. Whoa. And then it says he saw the wind. Trouble came. He saw the wind and what happens? He starts drowning. And Jesus says, oh, you of little faith. And that is the essence of the proverb that Solomon, I think, is teaching here is that faith looks real good when everything is going well. We can look really strong. We, the heart seems all right. And then it's when the trial comes that then the heart is investigated. And we see ourselves for who we really are. It says the fire for gold and for silver. So the fire of life tests and examines who we are. And so that's what the Lord says he does. The challenges and difficulties and struggles are not to cause us to throw our hands up and give up, but to examine the strength of our faith and to see if we really are made of what God thinks we're made of and what we think we're made of. And so there's a testing that happens with that. The fourth thing Solomon says is that God weighs our hearts. Very similar to examining, but, but here it's, a, it's another picture of what God does with us. Every man's way is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. Similarly, Proverbs 16, 2, All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the motives. This is a picture of, again, trying to find out if something is true or not. 
have to hearken back to the old days where you didn't have currency and you didn't break out your dollar bills. You had to weigh the gold and weigh the silver to see if it was true or if it was just a facade covering some fake, impure other element inside. You'd put place it on the scale against the known quantity to be true. And if it measured up, then you would know this is true. But if it did not measure up, then you knew it was a false weight. And that's what God is saying with us is to take the heart, set it on the scale and see if it's true. What a fascinating picture that Solomon gives here. And you imagine in the day of judgment, I always visualize the long line there. I'm sure it won't be, but I don't know why. It's just one of those things. You're going to be your turn next. And I just see God with the scale. And our motives, our thoughts, our intentions are all placed upon the scale. And weighed against righteousness. And see how it goes. And so they go, well, there's no righteousness there. And all of our thoughts and intents fly up into the air. It doesn't measure up. And that's the picture of this proverb, is setting the motives on the scale. How will it measure? How will our heart measure out? Will they be found pure and righteous? Or will there be found filth in there that causes it to go, no, uh that's not righteous. That's not pure. That's not innocent. That's not godly integrity. Our heart matters before God. In both of these Proverbs, notice how he says, all of the ways are pure in our own eyes, which takes us to realizing that God's standards and our standards are very different. Typically, I think all of us, we look at ourselves, and if we were to pull the checklist out and you know load up the gold stars on how we're doing in our walk with God, we would, I would imagine we'd all say, we're doing pretty good, right? I'm doing pretty good. I, I, yes, I could do better. I'm doing pretty good. And, and I think it's interesting that the Proverbs repeatedly say that every person has that assessment of themselves. <laughs> Everybody thinks that they're doing pretty good. No matter how devotedly religious and righteous they may be to how far abased and evil they may be, it seems that every person thinks that, hey, I'm doing pretty good. There are those who are pure in their own eyes. Yet are not cleansed of their filthiness. Proverbs 30 and verse 12. That's a pretty good way to describe the difference. We look at our lives and say, I'm just not doing too bad. Things are going pretty good. And notice here Solomon just simply says, but that doesn't mean you're clean. Just because you and I think we're doing really good doesn't mean we're okay with God. And we might be able to look at ourselves and go, well, yeah, you know, I used to be this way and I'm doing a lot better here and, and uh, I've made some improvements here and I'm much more godly here and, you know, I get here on time and we got all these things, we got our, our tests that make us feel real good and God says, that doesn't mean anything to me. We have our own rules and standards, but that doesn't make it God's standards. I always love, and I think we're getting away from it, which is a good thing, but we often define, we talk about somebody being faithful, what do we mean? They enter the building one hour a week. Are you kidding me? Is that the sum total of faithfulness? That's man's standards. That's not God's standards. God has a completely different set of weights. And so often we use poor standards. We 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 think that we've said in our minds, this is the way we ought to live, these are the ways that we ought to act, and we're forgetting some of the things that God demands. We, we might pat ourselves on the back and say, well, you know, this week I did really good. You know, last week's lesson, I didn't speak evil things about somebody. 
But did you speak good things for the person? We might say, well, I didn't do anything bad against that rotten neighbor that really drives me crazy every Friday night or whatever. I didn't didn't go over there and slash their tires this week, so that's really good of me, right? But did you love your neighbor as yourself? See, our standards are often a lot lower than God's standards. We often think of in terms of what we did not do, and God measures us in terms of what did you do? We think, I didn't commit this, but what did you do? And I want us to see that we often place standards within ourselves that just do not measure up to God's standards. And we can say, well, I didn't do this and I didn't do that and I used to do these things and I don't do that anymore. But God's standard is much higher. It's not just simply don't do these things. It's also, what are you doing? We have a standard of, well, you know, at least I'm here an hour a week. But do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength? That's God's standard. And see, we make ourselves feel better because we have a small standard checklist of I didn't do this to this person and I'm here today. And so God thinks I'm okay. And that's what Solomon just said in that proverb is that even by visualizing and viewing our own standards does not mean our filthiness has been wiped away. Second, we deceive ourselves about our own progress. By using human standards, we have the tendency to uh, think we're doing better than we really are. The disciples do another good job at showing that. I really love the scene. As Jesus there, as the, the night before his arrest, and you can imagine them sitting around the table as they are, they are communing together. And Jesus says, all of you are going to forsake me. And right before that, he had told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And what was the reaction of the disciples? Well, they all raised their hand and said, you know what, you're right. My, my faith has been real weak this week, and I've been really kind of on the edge. And, and, and you know, the, the, the crowds have been hard on me, and you're right. I, I, I'm not going to make it this week. You're so right. Pray for me. No. Peter said, I will never deny you. I will go to the death before I deny you. And we're told all the other disciples said the same. And then we come to those chilling couple of words. As Jesus is arrested, it says, all the disciples forsook him and fled. But the disciples only hours ago thought There's no way. There's no event that could happen that would dare cause me to deny him, that would dare cause me to turn and run. And right at that moment when it happened, boom, they're gone. We deceive ourselves about our progress is the point. We think we're doing so well. And that's why we have God weighing the heart and examining the heart to see where we are. We have to go through some challenging times and some questionable times to see where we really stand. We're going to have times where we're going to have to make difficult decisions. Decisions between the physical and the spiritual. And we're going to have to decide. That's what it came down to with the disciples. How much do you weigh your life versus being with Jesus in the moment of this trial? Which is more important? That was really what it came down to. Would you like to be arrested with your Savior? Or would you like to preserve your life? 
It's going to be a decision between the physical and the spiritual. And we encounter those decisions all the time. No, they're not up to that grand level of, do you want to be arrested and die or be with the Lord? We often put it in those terms. But I don't know that we would pass the test because we often can't pass the test of, uh, would you like more money or would you like to serve God? And we don't usually pass that. And we have all these other physical things that come along. Do you want to spend uh, more time on the job or more time serving God? And that's the challenge. And we use poor standards because we think we're doing so good and we think we're so strong. But all of these decisions keep being placed in front of us. And many times we're not making the right decision. We started way on back. How many months ago did we start those series? And we started with the filter that needs to be placed in front of our minds and in front of our hearts and every decision. Is it good for me spiritually? Is it good for my family spiritually? Does it bring glory to God? Does it promote the kingdom of God? Those have to be the first questions. And if those answers are yes, then we can go on to the physical elements of money, home, wealth, things, whatever it is. But we have to start with spiritual questions first. And so often we think we're doing so good, and we're really not. We're making life decisions on physical standards. And that's why God tells us we lead ourselves astray. If we think we're doing so good, but if we were doing so good, why do we keep falling all over ourselves? (laughs) If we're honest with ourselves, we realize we are making bad decisions. That we often don't do what's right. That we don't choose righteousness first. That we don't choose the kingdom of God first. That we don't choose spiritual decisions and what the importance of the things of God first. That we choose our own comforts. That we choose our own desires. That we choose our own wealth first. We do that all the time. And what God tells us is we lead ourselves astray. Proverbs 28, 26. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. But whoever walks wisely will be delivered. How often, how often we are told, you just need to trust in yourself. Really? Because that gets me in a lot of trouble. If I start deciding things based upon what I think within myself, I make really bad decisions. And that's what God says there. Don't trust in your own heart. That's a foolish thing to do. Don't do that. Walk wisely to be delivered. As we wrap up, I want to talk about three points then on how to have proper hearts. We see the importance. We see that God knows our actions. God knows our hearts. He weighs our hearts. He examines our hearts. So how can we get our hearts right with God? The first thing you have to do is be really honest, really honest with yourself. Look down deep into the heart. Look at your intentions. Look at your desires, look at your motives, and see yourself for who you really are. I like this as a neat proverb about looking at yourself. Just as water reflects the face, so the heart reflects the person. There's only so long you're going to keep up the facade. You need to be honest and look at who you really are. Because you can fake us all out, but eventually it's going to come to light who you really are. Look at honestly within yourself. Examine yourself and see yourself for who you are. Look at your reflection of the heart in the mirror and see. 
Am I really what God wants me to be? Is my heart as pure as I really think it is? Is my heart really as clean as I want it to be? A, a, a real, honest examination must be done. As you know, I got my bachelor's degree in accounting. I, for a few years, worked for uh, Wendy's of Bowling Green. Uh, they own, like, at the time, they owned 30 Wendy's restaurants. They probably own a truckload more now. And what typically happens with any corporation is eventually you get the IRS audit. We got the paperwork or uh, Wendy's is going to be audited. And so uh, I, immediately the senior accountant there turned to me and said, you're now going to do an internal audit. It was up to me to go find where all the problems were before the IRS got there. If there was any difficulties, if there was any wrongdoing, any problems, any Mis, misdoing of the books, anything like that. I had to go dig around, go through all the accounts payable and all through the accounts receivable and try to figure all those things out, figure out, are we okay or not? Makes a lot of sense. You want to find it before the IRS does so you can get things right before they get there. Suppose the dark day happens where you get the letter in the mail, the IRS is auditing you. Do you sit back and go, huh, well, you know, No big deal. Or do you think you would perhaps go back through your tax forms and just double check once or twice and make sure you did everything just right? You suppose you might make sure those expenses were just right that you took? <laughs> You're going to go back and double check before the IRS comes, right? You're not just going to walk in really be like, oh, yeah, I've been doing things great for years. No big deal. Here, let's check it out. Just I mean, let me make sure real quick. I'm, I'm very confident I've done well, but let me just double check in case I didn't slip up somewhere. We'd all do that. Why don't we do that with God? Why don't we do that with God? We know God is going to examine, and yet we want to just kind of go willy-nilly. Oh, I think I'm doing pretty good. Hope it works out for me. I'm not going to stop and really examine the books and the heart and make sure everything's lined up just right. We would never do that with the IRS. At our company, we would never just say, oh, let the IRS come on in and on of this. No. Better look first. And that's what God's saying. You need to examine the heart. You need to be very honest with yourself. There is going to be a time where you must stand before God and give an account of your actions, of your motives, of your intentions, of everything that exists in your heart. Are you ready to make that stand before God and explain all of our motives, all of our actions, all of our thoughts and intents? Are you ready? Time to go audit the heart. It is time to go examine and make sure we're okay. We know that examination's coming. Once we do that, then it's a need to guard the heart. When we get it cleaned out, when we find, okay, I, I, there, I know I've got this weakness. I know I've got this problem right here. I'm going to throw that thing out. I'm going to get it all squared away. Then it's time to guard it. Don't let anything else come in. The last thing you want to do if the IRS is going to come is then you start fouling this year's books, right? Yeah, that'd be a real good idea. Oh, you know, I'm going to be audited here in four months. Let me ruin 2006 taxes on top of it. Well, that'd be real smart. <laughs> no, you're going to do a real good job going forward that you do everything properly. And that's what we're doing here. Guard the heart. Look how Solomon says this. Guard your heart above all else. Friends, if there's anything else you do in this world, 
Guard your heart first. Do you see that? If there's anything else that you've got on the laundry list of things you've got to do, you must, you must, you must guard your heart. And so often we don't. We'll watch whatever we want to watch. We'll listen to whatever we want to listen to. We will allow whatever come before our eyes through whatever medium or mode. We're not guarding the heart. From TV, movies, radio, music, I don't care what it is. If it's newspapers, magazines, I don't care. Are you guarding the heart? Are you ensuring that you are not allowing wickedness to enter into the thoughts and the motives and your intents? Because God's going to examine and measure it. And the last thing we want to do is allow filth to start running through our heart. Clean all of it out and then put a lock on it. Guard it. Why? It's the source of life. (laughs) You you want to stand before God and, and, and hear Him say, Well done, good faithful servant? The only way is to have a clean heart. The only way is to clean up that stuff that you and I are holding in the closet in there. It's the only way to be okay with God is to say, you know what, I'm not going to hold on to this problem anymore. This weakness, this temptation, this thing that I think I'm getting away with, it's got to get out of there. Because God one day is going to say, I see that right there. You're not going to see that? <laughs> He's going to go, yes. You've been keeping it there for how many years? Time to throw it out. Too late. Guard the heart. Finally, teach it. Be honest with yourself. Sit down. Full inventory of the heart. Really examine it inside and out. Identify the weaknesses, the temptations, the things that cause us to sin. Put a guard on the heart. Don't allow filth to enter in. Don't see, don't watch, don't hear. Try to keep all of that filth away from us because it enters into our hearts and our minds. And then third, you have to teach the heart. Training of our own heart is required. Solomon, listen, my son, and be wise and direct your heart in the way. What he just told his son is you have to teach your heart to do what's right. And I think that's really important. Our society, just listen to your heart. What does your heart tell you to do? Really? My heart doesn't tell me to do the right things. And that's what Solomon just told his son. Don't listen to your heart. Don't make decisions based upon feelings. Uh, May I throw this remote if I hear any more people talk about, well, that's just what I felt like I needed to do. Oh, I cannot take it. I love that on the radio. Love that on TV. Well, this is the way they felt. This is how they feel. I don't care. <laughs> Do we think that we're going to stand before God and we're going to say, but Lord, this is how I felt. And he's going to go and give us a hug and say, well, at least you felt that way. <laughs> I'm so glad you felt like committing those sins. That makes it all okay now. You know, if you hadn't have felt like it, then I'd throw you into hell. But since you felt that way, it makes it okay. Why do we think that our heart is the standard? Where in the Bible did it say, listen to your heart? (laughs) Where in the Bible does it say, follow your heart? Oh, but this is our religion today. This is spirituality 
Listen to your heart, follow your heart, and you will be fine with God. Solomon says, be wise. Direct your heart. Train it. Teach it. Make it know the ways of God. How do you train your heart? You're going to have to get to know the Word of God. There's only one way to teach the heart, and it's not going to be through emotions and feelings and all our thinksos and all that. There's going to only be one way to really teach the heart, to train it in righteousness, and that's to get to know the Word of God. Do you think I didn't have to learn what the IRS was looking for when I was doing the internal audit at Wendy's? I just go willy-nilly through the books. Yeah, you know, that all looks good to me. You know, I feel like the numbers are right. You know, we're all a bunch of good people here. We wouldn't want to pull it over the IRS or anything. And since we're all good people with, you know, pretty good motives here, it must be okay. No. You better know the IRS law. You better know what's right and what's wrong. That's the same thing with us. We're going to be examined before God. Should we not know the book? Should we not know the rules? Because it's not good enough to say, well, I'm a pretty good person. I feel like I'm doing what's right. And God's not going to care. These are the rules. And how shameful it is that we can be so ignorant of what the rules say. We often don't know what God told us to do. We're going to have a test at the very end and we don't even know the questions. None of us wanted to do that in school. (laughs) Nobody wanted to take the final at the end and not have any idea what's on the test. Oh man, I hate something like that. We'd beg all semester. Can you give us what the questions are going to (laughs) be? He gave you the questions and the answers (laughs) if you'd like to read it sometime. It's all right there. You can pass with flying colors if you'd like to read it sometime. A test is coming. God's examining the hearts. Are you ready? Are you ready? Be honest. Look inside yourself. Be honest. Don't go with your feelings. And don't go with your own standard. Be honest. Is your heart okay? You can know. You're saying the right things. Does your life reflect righteousness? Or do you have some dark stuff in there that's causing you to lead, that leads your character astray, leads your actions astray? God sees it all. It's time to be honest about that. And it's time to change so that we can stand on the day of judgment and hear, well done, good, faithful servant. We all want to hear that. We all want to pass. God wants you to pass. That's why he gave you the questions and the answers to the test right here. If he was a mean God, he wouldn't have given us this thing. We'd all just wander around aimlessly, hope we're doing okay. He told us what to do. He placed the mirror right there. Won't you please look at your life right now? Won't you really think down deep in your heart, consider where you stand before God? Are you really ready? Are you really giving your full life to God with all of your heart? Have you really sacrificed all of the desires... Have you really sacrificed all of our own I want to's and comforts and all that? Are you really putting God first? Every decision, every action, is this what God wants me to do? Good for me spiritually, good for my family spiritually, expands the kingdom of God. 
Is everything we do, think, and decide bringing glory to God? I know that's a high standard. That's a tall bar. But there's the bar. It's time to reach it. Let's do better. Let's look in the heart. Let's clean it out and serve God with all of our heart. As we sing this song, won't you come to Jesus Christ today? Won't you please bring your heart to Jesus Christ? Serve Him with all of your heart. It's time to see that there's a time coming. And you don't know when that's going to be. You don't know what's going to happen. Are you ready? Is your heart all set to stand before God? Do you feel confident to say, I'm ready to stand right there before the bar of Christ and He's going to, just, he's going to lay all those things on the scale? Every action and every deed will place it right on there. Every thought, every motive is going to be placed right on the scale. Every desire, every intent is going to be set right on the scale. On the other side stands righteousness. You ready? Yeah, me too. I'm like you. That's <laughs> just what I'm thinking about that one. We have time today. Get ready now. The test is coming. As we sing this song, please come to the Lord. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. We can help you do that right now while we sing.